We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. In my book, the greatest MC of all time is still Rakim. The complexity of his lyrics, the intricacy of his flow, the depth of his voice. He's the man. It's an honor to have today on Torre Show, Rakim Allah. For the last three years, Rakim and I have been working on a book about his life and his creative process. It'll be out this fall. We've been sitting around the living room of his Connecticut mansion talking about how he rhymes and how he became the person he is. Rakim's a genius, so we have to document this stuff. And as I can visualize or start to visualize the end of the writing process, I thought maybe it was time to give folks a little taste of what we've been doing and the sorts of things that I've been learning from Rakim. So in this conversation, we talk about how he writes songs the influence of John Coltrane on his emceeing, why his album with Dr. Dre never came out, and that time in 1987 when he was slapboxing with LL Cool J. And he's going to rhyme. It's an epic episode, y'all. We recorded this at a WeWork space in Manhattan in front of an awesome audience that, as you will hear, applauded at the mention of the name Combat Jack. So hip-hop. Flavor Pill helped put this together. WeWork helped put this together. It's the first Torre Show live event. So we had to start at the top. Rakim on Torre Show. We have... Some microphones around, if you want to bless the microphone. Peace, y'all. How's everybody doing, all right? right? Thanks for coming out, showing some love. Word up. Come on. Is there anything you want to, you know, just to test the microphone, make sure that it's, you know? Uh... Nah, I think we good, man. It sound good. It sound good. Word up. I'm here, man. You know, I like rhyming, man. You yeah. know that? Yeah. yeah. What's good? Hey, listen, listen, bro. It's your show, man. I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm glad to be here. Do you people want to hear Rakim do a rhyme? <laughs> I, 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 you know. Uh, what you want to hear, bro? Or should I ask the crowd? What, what, what would y'all like to hear? 
Ooh, move the crowd. Move the crowd. Good choice. Good choice. Freestyle. Lyrics of fury. <laughs> Technique. I always, I always love paid in full. Paid in full. That's, that, that that's joint, a good choice. A I remember choice. being a teenager and listening to that, and it just destroyed me. It's so visual. It's so deep. What do you think about that? Uh, sure, sure, man. I think, I, I, I think they're going to help me out on this one, all right? We're going to do it a little laid back, though. I was sitting in the room one day, man, and the beat started playing. And we already knew what the name of the song was, Paid in Full. But I'm sitting there, and it's like, you know, I'm trying to come up with a concept to tell everybody to get paid in full and, and, you know, get that paper. But um, at the same time, with a message, you know what I mean? So... The first thing that I can, you know, come up with or, or just digging in the bag to try to see how I can start this song out. And, you know, the words came out. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket. My money is spent. I dig deeper. Still coming up with Lent. So I start my mission. Leave my residence. Thinking how could I get some dead presidents. I need money. I used to be a stick up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. This is a hole up. Nothing funny. Stop smiling. Be still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous. I feel great. So maybe I might just search for a nine to five. Cause if I strive then maybe I'll stay alive. So I walk up the street Whistling this, feeling out of place, cause man, do I miss a pen and a paper, stereo, a taper, me and Eric being the nice big plate of fish, which was my favorite dish, but without no money, it's still a wish, cause I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made, so now's the test to see if I got pulled, hit the studio, cause I'm paid in full. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No it's, doubt. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's an interesting song, uh, incredibly visual. It's like, uh, it's like a poem. It's like a little movie. But it's, it's like a freestyle in that there's no hook, there's no chorus. It's one verse that just goes on and on. Uh, how did it come to be that you just lay one verse, no hook, no chorus, no second verse, and everybody said, nah, nah. Just, just leave it there. Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, you know the, the the first album, me and Eric B. We, you know, we was we was rookies in the studio. You know, there, there was no format. You know, nobody handed you a pamphlet when you you know got to the door and went in. So we was basically going to the studio and you know doing what 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 we felt was hip hop, good music. Um, the paid and full song was it, it was. Something that I always liked to rhyme, uh, I love rhyming off of the Dennis, uh, Dennis Edwards' original track back in the day in the, in the park. So when me and Eric B was vibing on it, he was like, you know, uh, you know what we looking for? So when I pulled that out, I was like, yo, this, this bass line right here is crazy. You know, I love this right here. So we started vibing on it, put the track together. Um, and then as I was writing the rhyme, I wrote the first verse and laid it down. And when I came out the booth, you know, just to check it, listen to it, go back and, you know, write the second verse. Once I came out the booth and, and 
We played it back. Everybody was like, no, nah, that's it. You ain't got I said, nah, man, you gotta do a lease. Another, nah, nah, that's it. Don't touch it. That's it. I'm like, yo, this is that's it. Don't touch it. And, and um, you know, Allah bless the dead, one one of Eric B's brothers and live, you know, I kind of use him as like my AR, you know, he's good cat, good judgment of music. So I looked at Ann, I was like, yo, Ann, man, you sure? He said, right, it's good, it's good. So, you know, we was just, you know, in there, man, you know, we was young at it. We was, you know, just trying to put together good music and, and hopefully it resonate with the people. It's interesting that you listen to them there because in that early period, you're doing these rhymes. Your style is very laid back, right? You're sitting to record a lot of these. A lot of guys yeah. are standing. They're very rah-rah. They're very ah, especially in the early days. It was very ah. And when you were first doing it, Right, you're like laid back, and people, even right, Marley Mall was like, "Amp yeah. up, son!" Yeah. Like you put me to sleep, and you were like, "No, this is who I am." Word up at um, went to Queensbridge to record uh, Eric B as president. Uh, I think it was a melody first, then Eric B as president. But um, get to Marley House, and you know I'm I'm, I'm young, I'm 17, you know, thinking I know everything, but knowing that I know nothing, but don't ask me nothing about the mic. I got that. Anything else, you know what I mean? So we getting in, you know, uh, Marley did the track over for us. The track is bumping. You know, Marley's feeling it. He's standing up. He DJing. I'm sitting there, you know, looking at him like, yeah, all right, I'm at Marley crib. This is real. Looking out the window, you know, Queensbridge, like, yeah, this is real. My time to do my thing. He set the mic stand up and was like, right, right here. So, you know, it was right in his living room. So it was like, all right, I stood up, snatched the mic off the stand and sat back down. So Molly turned around and looked, looked at Eric B. Eric B. <laughs> sat there, the track came on, and I started rhyming. What, what confused Molly is he like what I was saying? But I guess, you know, I wasn't standing up and I wasn't like you said, rah, rah, rah. So, you know, he's looking, he's he looking at Eric B, look back at me. You know, I'm looking at him now, like, yo, what's the problem, man? What's the problem, man? You looking too much, man. What's going on, man? But um, you know, he 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 was like, yo, you know, I I I like what you're doing, but if you could stand up, put a little more energy in it, you know. So I looked at him, I'm like, you know, I can stand up, but it ain't gonna be no more energy in it. I mean, <laughs> I can stand up. I, it's gonna come out the same way, bro. I said, but if you want me to stand up, I'll stand up. So I looked at him. He looked at Eric B. Eric B looked at him. You know, Eric B, he just met me as well, so he couldn't tell me too much, you know what I mean? But did it over, did it a couple times. So um, maybe about an hour later, MC Shan knocks at the door. So, so you know, 17, I'm, I'm bugging now. I'm like, oh, sh the bridge, the, you know, Queensbridge, I'm here, baby. MC Shan, what's good? He was like, yo, yo, God, what's good? Boom, boom, boom. Marley plays the track. Marley said, yo, I'm going to step out for a minute. I'm going to let Shan, you know, engineer. He's just going to record the last set of vocals. So Shan goes out and talks to Marley in the kitchen. So I already know what they're talking about. So Shan comes back in, he's moving a little slower. So I look at him like, oh boy, here we go. Shan was like, yo, Lord, do me a favor, man. You, why don't you stand up on this one? 
<laughs> I, said, I said, yo, Shane, we just went through this, man, 10, 15 times, man. I could stand up here. I could stand on the couch. I could stand anywhere in here. It's going to sound the same, bro. You know what I mean? It, that, that's what it is, man. But um, we finally got through the session. And, um, you know, at, at the end of the session, Mario was like, yo, you know, I like the song, but, you know, it, it can have a little more energy in it. But, you know, I like the song. So at this point, I'm sitting there like, I shouldn't even came out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, when, 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 you know, artists, you know, when you show somebody your work, you real, you know, funny about that. And if people, you know, if, if there's any kind of, you know, withdrawal or anything, you feel a way about that. I just showed you my work, bro. And regardless, like, I'm not feeling the way you feeling about my work. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, you know, he said it was all right. You need a little more energy. So, um, you know, came back, we did the melody. No, excuse me, Eric Beard's president. So he figured, you know, funky president, come on, boom, 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 boom. He's like, yeah, he gonna get up and rhyme off of this one. Like, yo, Marley, let me get the mic, man. He was like, come on, man. I said, yo, Jay, come on, man. He's like, yo, we gonna move this couch out of here, man. You gotta sit. Well, anyway, I stood up on that one. But it was still, you know, rock. And what was crazy is a couple, couple weeks later after the record came out, we did a show together. And um, I just remember getting out in the car. And this is my first time seeing Shannon and, and Marley again. So I remember get out, getting out the car and walking towards the door. And they standing outside the door. Um, Allah bless the dead. Uh, fly tie as well. So I'm walking over there. I'm like, yeah, let me see what they're going to say now. So I get over to him. And I just look at Marley. And he smiles. He's like, I get it now, man. I get it now, man. You know, I'm like, yo, that's what I was trying to tell you back at the crib, man. I, I, I like the way that sound. I, I kind of felt that it was going to work like that. He was like, yo, I see what you're doing now. You know what I mean? But it, it was a, a real important lesson to me because, you know, like I said, I was 17. And, you know, it's overwhelming to be in, you know, I love Molly Maul, you know, Mr. Magic. I was a fan of hip-hop. But to be in his house was overwhelming. But when it came to my art and my craft, I don't care, you know, how long you've been doing whatever and how many nights you're on the radio, bro. You wasn't with me when I was writing this. You know what I mean? And that's the way I wrote it, and that's the way I felt it was supposed to go. So big up to Molly Maul. Hold on. Well, let's dig into that point that you were driving at in the last couple sentences, because you are one of the genius songwriters of hip-hop history, of music history in Thanks. general. Thanks. So how do you write a song? Um, actually, to this day, I still don't know, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you sit down with the, with the notebook, and you hope you're going <laughs> you know, to come up with something dope, man. Um, you know, write, writing rhymes is one of them things, you know, it's not, it's not um, physical where, you know, it becomes mechanic. You know, do this, do that, do that, and then a couple minutes later you're done. You never know what to expect when you sit down to write, or I, I don't. You know, sometimes the music is telling me one thing. I hear what I feel I should do with it, but then there's the universal understanding of what I should be doing with the record. So I fight with that a lot, you know what I mean? I'm kind of, um, uh, I wouldn't say biased, but you know, I just, you know, whenever I hear a track, sometimes I don't, I don't care what's going on in the street at the time. I, you know, I just do what I feel, you know, 
I'm supposed to do, man. But, you know, writing is, you know, it's always been a crazy role for me, man. I try to, um, I don't know, like, like the young lady was speaking on earlier, I always try to meditate to get somewhere, you know what I mean? I try to tap and, you know, well, I believe it's an infinite uh, source of knowledge and I always, you know, try to tap into it, man, and draw stuff from it, um, ideas, um, what's going on in the world, what people are thinking for the most part, man. But, you know, it's, it's something that you can never really pinpoint. I know when I'm writing and moving through the different stages of it, first draft, second draft, editing, what have you, there's different voices that come to me. When I'm doing the first draft, it's like... Man, you don't want to hear about the voices, man. <laughs> you don't want to hear about the voices, man. I mean, sitting in a room, you know, and, you know, I, I always call my form of writing, you know, I always felt that I used a form of meditation, man. So sitting in there trying to see what the track was asking me to do and, you know, tap into that, you know, source... You know, you sit there, you hear yourself thinking, you hear ideas, you hear people talking to you. You know, my case, my mother and father, you know, I mean, any anybody or anything that influenced you when you sit back trying to draw, you know, inspiration from, you know, the world, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear, you know, you'll hear people trying to tell you things, um, Hopefully, most of it's good, and you know, of course, you got that that devil on your on your shoulder too, trying to um, distort your thought or take you off course of what you're trying to do, especially if you're trying to do something good. But um, you know, you, you myself, man, you know, I I always felt that I used my ancestors to help me write. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that I, you know, um, did it all by myself. A lot of things that I spoke about on my record, sometimes I would have to go research myself after I finished. Like, hold up, Rod, you got to make sure this is correct before, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you, you vibing and things is coming to you. And you want to be informed, you know, informal, and you want to try to push the envelope. And, you know, so just things from nowhere is coming to you. And sometimes, you know, I would have to double check, go back to the house and, you know, look through my lessons or, you know, and, and what's crazy is kids got the internet now. You could Google anything. If I had to Google when I was writing rhymes, I, I would have been that much better, man. I mean, sheesh. <laughs> but, you know, back then, there wasn't no Google, man. You know, internet and all that. We had to research and, and if you didn't have the literature, you know, I had to stop, maybe a stack about you, this high literature. So if I couldn't find it in that, it was off to school, you know, you pick a teacher's brain or you go to the library, man. But you you have that voice that's pushing you to go harder and make it better. And all the time, all the, all the time. I mean, it... it um, the harshest critic is in your head. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And, and, and sometimes it's hard to shut them up, too, you know what I mean? Um, sometimes I could be, you know, sitting, a little beat to come on, or sometimes, you know, no beat at all, and... You know, um, 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 you know, uh, how could I say it? Like, a, I grab and record ideas and thoughts and words all day. I mean, it's, it ain't a time of the day that I can like hang the 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 
the, the, the cap down, you know what I mean? It's like I might be driving and see a sign in the street and automatically my mind will take the phrase, run through it, expand it, break it down, and you know what I mean? To the point where it's like, okay, I can use something from that or it's like, that's nothing. I just, you know, went through the whole, you know, and, but that's what it is. And, you know, I, I explain to my sons because, you know, they like writing too. And I tell them, yo, you don't want to do this, man. You don't want to do this. This is all day. Like, you know, you, you, you see what I do. You talk to me sometimes. I'm there, but I'm not there because I got some, you know, a voice repeating these four words in my head. Bang, 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 bang. My son is saying, so dad, I'm like, bang, bang, huh? Bang, bang, it's a bang. What'd you say? Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, we got it. Bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, chill. You just say, tell yourself, all right. You know what I mean? And, and that's some of the voices, man. It's like sometimes when you catch on to something more, you might be trying to figure out a, a phrase or put a rhyme pattern together. And once you get it, it's like a loop. It, it, it don't stop playing, man. And you got to, you know, literally tell yourself, yo, let me get out of that thought for a minute so you can, you know what I mean? But the music and, and the trying to figure out different um, techniques and different styles, it don't stop. When you were growing up, you played the saxophone, and one of your favorite favorite artists in the world was John Coltrane. And you learned a lot about emceeing from John Coltrane. Yes, yes, Break sir. that down. Um, what up, man? Um, long story. My mom sang. Um, my oldest brother played piano. And, and you you say. That you got your talent from your mom. Oh, no doubt, no she doubt. She gave I mean, you the she, G. Yeah, she gave. She, she. Um, yeah, we can clear it up for Cynthia. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Peace and love. My, my, my mom's was the. Uh, she had the talent in the family. My pops, she just knew what to play. My pops, come on the team. And she went to school for it. She wasn't. Oh, just, no doubt. Just, she yeah. she sang everything from jazz to opera. Um, she went to school and and. And, you know, mastered her trade. And, you know, she was good, man. And from that, you know, came us. And, you know, I watched, I watched my brother pick up on it. Um, he played the piano. And then um, eventually uh, was able to play all instruments. He reads music, writes music. So watching my mother and then watching him, then watching my sister sing all day, then watching my other brother pick up the saxophone. I'm sitting around in the house and I'm only like four or five years old, but I'm thinking I'm supposed to have an instrument too. Everybody else got something, you know what I mean? But, you know, I was, I was in the sports, so, you know, I thought I was supposed to be doing that as well. So, you know, playing football, ba uh, baseball, basketball, and all that. But you get home and music's playing, you know what I mean? Um, get home sometime, my brother's practicing. I get home sometime, my sisters are singing. And, you know, even, you know, having company over... Uh, my mom's is singing. They downstairs playing the, the organ and the piano, and everybody's having a good time. But um, you know, being around that man and and seeing that, and you know, knowing what my mom's is still did me, I knew that eventually, you know, music was going to play a part of my life. Not knowing how, but just knowing I loved it, and my whole family was, you know, musically uh, gifted. So I figured, you know, I might have to kind of, you know, 
um, get a little more serious about music. But um, I had no idea that, you know, it, 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 it was going to take place like it did. And then you start listening to Coltrane as a young oh, yeah. guy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, listening to the jazz in the house um, was always, you know, good. But I remember one day when I first heard a John Coltrane song, and, you know, my mom's played a lot of jazz, but there's something about the way, you know, this song resonated with me. You know, being young, listening to jazz, you kind of wait for them to play the cool jazz because, you know, you don't understand all the, the you know, Take Five and um, A-Train and all that at a young age. But you're just waiting for them to play, you know, something that just had a little, little bang in it. And she played this John Coltrane song one day, and... It grabbed my attention enough for me to ask, who is that? She was like, that's Coltrane. So for the next three months, it was Coltrane. He ain't had no first name. Yeah, I didn't even know if that was his last first name. It was just Coltrane. I heard Coltrane. But um, I heard that, and it just started, um, you know, sticking with me. Whenever I heard a, you know, sax song after that, I asked my mom, so my pop, is that Coltrane? No, that ain't Coltrane. <laughs> Got a little older and started dabbling into, you know, what he was doing. And um, again, my, my older brother played saxophone. Um, so I picked up the sax, was playing sax in school. So the cold train, you know, really started resonating with me a lot more once I, you know, knew how to play and, you know, was, was familiar with, you know, the instrument that he was using. But um, one day, um, me and my brother, the sax player, we was listening to uh, a cold train song called My Favorite Things. And he beating it, man. He beating it. It's like he just taking the sax and banging it up against the wall. It's like nonstop. But then he gets to this point where he plays two notes in one time. Mm. And being a saxophone player, I know that's impossible. You gotta, you know, you gotta hit a key with your finger to change the note. And um, listen to the song. Me and my brother looked at each other like, well, we wasn't playing it right, bro. We wasn't experimenting enough, you know what I mean? But like we knew right away, like, did we just hear that? Pull the record back, play it again, pull the record back. And you know, that just, that just, that did it for me because it, it, it was like, yo, this, this cat is not only, you know, incredible, but for him to just try different things and to take something where you get so good on the sax, it gets limited because there's only a few notes on there. Brother, like John Coltrane said, listen, man, I, I'm going to make some more notes on here. And that's the difference between, you know, just taking what they give you to work with and trying to push the envelope and, and trying to come up with something else. You know, if they give you, you know, um, a rap song and, you know, sounds like it's just bang, 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 bang. To me, I'm here. Everybody else says, bang, bang, bang. I'm on some because now I can put more words in my, you know, my style. And it don't have to be and the blunts and the blunts and the blunts. I can actually and all that came from listening to Coltrane. Uh, he was able to manipulate sounds and, and rhythms in a small amount of time. So do you plan when... So, 
the rhythmic relationship that you talk about there is super important. So do you plan when to pause? Is that something that you write when you write in the words? Nah, what sometimes, yeah, you know, um, if you if you feel in a certain rhythm, sometimes, you know, as I'm listening to music, I might pick up on the rhythm and put the words in. Sometimes the words to make the rhythm, you know what I mean? But um a pause to me is 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 like it 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 I don't know, man. Like to me the the pause was just as important as the words because you can you you can be picking up on a rhyme and pause on a full minute and it's just like and then you jump right back on it. It's also creating, you know, a rhythm or um a, a rhyme pattern. So um once I once I started realizing um how to place words in different points of the measure to make it sound crazy. Like for instance, you can you can say a four syllable word at the end of a uh, bar, but if you say it somewhere in between where it's not as common to hear, it 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 makes it just sound a little more better, man. It just puts a little more, you know, rhythm or a little more of, uh, of the style on it. And once I started realizing that, then, of course, I started not only, you know, placing pauses in my rhymes, but I would put a pen mark in between my words to know, like, yeah, pause right there. You know, give them a minute right there. Or sometimes just, you know, I would write my rhymes so close together, excuse me, my, my words, that I would have to put a dot on the paper also when I could take a breath. So then my pauses started becoming my breath. And, you know, I just learned how to, you know, manipulate it if I had to. Because, um, you know, sometimes you put a lot of words. Or I, I used to trap. I used to always say, well, they used to say, right, you, you, um, you, you, you trapping yourself again. Because I put so many words in the, in the pattern. If I miss that breathe point, then, you know, I can't finish the verse. And I'm like, yo, Rob, come on, man. You making it too. So listen, man, if I can't say it like this, I'm not going to say it, man. So it just made, you know made sense and, and it just gave my rhyme you know a little more um, identity that's all the words past the margin we live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash if you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick let DoorDash bring dinner tonight my family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. 
Each of NPR's Black voices are as direct, varied, distinct, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. So we're going to take a break from Rakim, get right back to that. But internets, I've had a lot of death around me in the last couple of months. My man, Combat Jack, who you might know, great dude, passed away. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Jack's shows and thinking about, you know, what he went through in his life and at the end and, you know, he was a friend and I miss him. And the brother left four kids behind. And, you know, I think they're going to follow his example and be good. But, you know, we have to think about what happens to us after we're gone. We have to think about being responsible for those who we love after we are not here. And the way to do that is life insurance. That's a way to make sure that if something happens to you, the people who you care about, the people who you hold down on a daily basis when you're here, that they'll be held down when you're not here. How do you get insurance? How do you get life insurance that's at the right price for you? Policy Genius is the way. Four million people have shopped for insurance on Policy Genius. It takes minutes. You can compare and buy life insurance online through them and make sure your wife and your kids or your husband your family is taken care of after you're gone. Save time by comparing life insurance online with Policy Genius. No sales pressure, no hassle. Get your quote in five minutes and figure out what's going to happen to your family after you're not here to take care of them yourself. PolicyGenius.com. Because if you need life insurance, it shouldn't take a lifetime to go get it. So if you're looking for a new podcast, check out Culture Kings on the How Stuff Works Network. It's three comedians and friends, Jaquise Neal, who's an actor-comedian, Edgar Montplacier, who's a comedian, writer, and performer, and Carl Tart, a comedian, writer. They are L.A. improv comedy scene stars. They're on Comedy Bang Bang, Drunk History, and they just get together and chop it up and in a really funny and smart way talk about everything. Sports, music, movies. I listen to their 
Black Panther review breakdown. That episode was fantastic. Just really brought me into a great conversation about you know, the best movie of all time. But these guys will get into their top five NBA players, what's the best video game of all time, what are the best hip-hop tracks of all time. They even did a whole show about why 2003 was the best year ever. Culture Kings comes out every Wednesday, just like Torre Show. If you want to hear three hilarious men do what they do best, this is the show for you. Listen and subscribe to Culture Kings on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if it's not Apple Podcasts, what are you doing? But now, sometimes you write backwards. You weren't supposed to tell nobody that, man. See what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, you know, you write in a book. You want to put the important... But, yeah, man, I, I kind of... Uh, <laughs> uh, one day, it, it's funny, man. I don't like to... I don't believe in writer's block. But it do exist. It do exist, but I, I refuse to believe in it. You know what I mean? But on one day, I had to uh, write a song in, like, two days. The deadline was coming up quick. And I kind of waited to get on the song. So I'm looking at, like maybe a day and a half to finish the song, and I usually like to take maybe three days on a, maybe four days on a project like I was doing. But um, I had to hurry up the song, so I'm sitting there, and it's like, you know, one of them days, you stare at the wall, stare at the ceiling for a while, and start staring around, and nothing, you know, ain't nothing popping off, so you know. Then all of a sudden, my manager pops up, and it's like, oh, shit, I was about to take a break and shit, try to go break the monotony. The manager pops up, knock on the door, so I, yeah, I'm back downstairs. I'm working hard now. So he walks by, he looks at my paper. Ain't nothing on it. But I'm sitting there like, I got some shit over here, man. I got some shit. Nothing. So he walking by, and he's trying, he trying to be cool, but every time he passed me, I could just feel his head looking over my shoulder at the, at the notebook. So, you know, I said, all right. I said, yo, mad man, give me about give me about an hour, man. About two hours. But go that away. I don't I don't like nobody. Yeah, you know what I mean? Let me I, I can't think with you pacing behind me. And you want to be alone I when you're right. Be alone. Nobody in the room. Hold up. But um so Matt Matt walks out, and the, re- the real reason why I wanted him to walk out is so that he didn't see that I was about to write a rhyme from the end of the song to the beginning of the song. And that that's a little trick that I um, came up with, like whenever I get writer's block. But um, I guess knowing how I'm going to finish a verse, you know, the, the hook might be on the song and all I have to do is say something, you know, uh, pertaining to the hook. So I know what I'm going to say at the end of the rhyme. It's easy to always think, of it. I'm going to break the rhyme down like this because then the hook come in like this. So I start with that, bang and work my way all the way back to the beginning of the song. Trying to hide that the top of the paper's empty and the bottom, you know what I mean? Because my manager's walking in, so I'm hiding my paper. <laughs> Yo, man, a couple more hours, bro. I'm going to need a little more time for this shit. He's peeking over me and shit. So one day he came in. I, I, I spun off and forgot that I was hiding my notebook. He came in and he was like, what are you writing from the bottom of this? I said, hold up, bro. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it, it was something that I used to feel a way about because I knew I used to feel I was cheating when I did that. So, you know, I ain't want nobody to see that shit. 
<laughs> until one day I was watching TV. I seen my man, um, I think it was um, Francis de Coppola. And he was talking about the Godfather. And he said, if you want to write a good movie, you start from the end. So after I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, that's why I was doing that, yeah. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was, you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But it, it made me feel a little better. It, it put a little, you know, a little method to the madness, man. But I've been doing that shit for a while too. And, and you know, it's, it's funny and shit, because when I do it, once I finish it, you can't tell that I started from the back, you know, all the way to the front and shit. But it's, you know, a little secret that that um that me and my manager know now, you know, the secret's out. So anybody in this room let that out, we got a problem, man. <laughs> Whoa, no. Just between us. Just between us. Keep that here. I mean, from the from the beginning of your career, the level of rhyme writing and rhyme saying has been at the elite level, the most elite level. What drives you? I think um, just trying to make good music, man. Um, I love what I do. And, you know, once you win it, man, it's like, you know, it's always a competition. It's always a competition. But um, I I, I just love pushing the envelope and seeing, you know, what I could do, man, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I shoot for this, I get this, but I, I love shooting for this, you know what I mean? Anything in here is okay. Sometimes I hit that, you know what I mean? Sometimes I don't, but, you know, I, I just love trying to, you know, push the envelope. When did you hit that? What's your What's your best rhyme? Oh, that's a good question, man. <laughs> Um, it's actually, um, certain songs that I, that I, that I did, um, like this one I did, Who Is God? And it's something I always wanted to do, didn't quite know how to do it, knowing if I did a song like that, it was going to be too much information, rather than, you know, what they want, the party, the party information. But I always wanted to, you know, try to do a song like that, um, one day, uh, his brother came with a track, gave me the track, and, and I was done with the album. But we had a little more time. I could have, you know, done a couple more. But I don't like to rush nothing, so I figured, look, I'm done. So his brother came with a track, and it just, it, it you know, if you all heard the track, as soon as I heard it, that's, that's the first, I'm like, oh, this is the track. I can do that off, you know what I mean? So I called up the, the label and said, yo, how many more days I got before I got to turn everything in? It was like, oh, maybe two, three days. So I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that with, with that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be able to do that song because I know I was going to you know, want to put some information in it and not rush it. But um, just driving home and listening to the track, I was like, yo, I got to try. And what was crazy is I wasn't home at the time. I was staying in a hotel. And um, I get back at the hotel, take the, take the song and then, in the hotel, I put the song on, start playing it, and found myself in the in the master bedroom part of the hotel, laying on the floor, writing that shit. And I remember, man, when I got up, you know, it, it may it may have been like eight hours later, but when I got up, I went back to the beginning of the song, 
and started reading it because it it just kind of you know just kind of went from you know the, the the beginning to the end like that. But when I went back to the beginning and started reading it back, you know you get you sometimes when you know you 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 did something right, you just get that feeling. And um, I started reading the beginning of it, and I was like, yo, this is it. This is it, you know what I mean? And, of course, I had to research it. I had to make sure, you know, what I was saying was um, understanding. But things like that, man, is, you know, is, is the songs that, um, you know, songs that, that push me. And when I get to a certain point, I can look back and say, yeah, that, that, that one was dope. Juice. Juice was another joint. Um, Mahogany. Mm. You know what I mean? I... You know that 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 song there was was um. You know I took a page out of Slick Rick book. You know trying to tell a story, man. But um, you know that's that's just that you know that that old school trying to tell a story and then involving you know a, a dope scenery and a dope lady with a dope name and you know what I mean. Just trying to paint that picture. But you know um, I remember starting that song not knowing what I was gonna do with it. But I just love the Al Green. It just kind of, and it's funny. Um, Donna Ross, uh, I always loved uh, Lady Singing the Blues back in the day, and Mahogany. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh yeah, it's a good time to use that right here. You know what I mean? So Donna Ross, big ups, cause you know she inspired that song. World up. What? <clears throat> What is it in you that has led to your success? What, what is the quality or the attitude inside you that has driven, pushed, and created this? I think, um, you know, all the people that ever told me I couldn't do something. You know what I mean? Um, and then getting into the business and becoming somewhat successful, you know, you drop a good album, and then, you know, then some people still saying, well, you can't do it again. You know what I mean? And then you get a little older, and times change, and then they say, you definitely can't do it now. You know what I mean? And all of that, I take all that and, and use it as inspiration, man. Um, you know, I, 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 well, I actually love when people tell me I can't do something, because that, you know, that, that'll bring the fire out, man. The other day, I had bought something from the store, and I bought it home, and I bust the box open, and the screws just popped out everywhere. My wife said, you can't do that. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Two hours later, I was like, yeah, all right? Don't ever say I can't do something, man. So, I mean, that's and Now anything, your wife knows man. how to get you to do anything. Oh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You I bet, can't mow the lawn. You can't. <laughs> you can't do these dishes. You know what I mean? Show I'll you. fall for it. I'll fall for it. You can't tell me I can't do something, you man. Word up. Dishes, vacuuming. Man, listen, I'll fall for anything. Tell me I can't do it. Word up. What's your superpower? Um, well, as far as music, uh, just the love for music, man. And then I think I got, um, I don't know, man, just, just always, I don't know, trying to push myself, trying to you know, make something to impress myself and impress the listeners. Like, it was just always, um, you know, striving for 
I don't know if you want to call it perfection or, or greatness. I just I just love to kind of, you know, do that thing in people's head. And it's like, ooh, yo, like, you know what I mean? That's like the best, you know, feeling you get from anything when somebody, you know, see it or just the response from it. And, uh, and I guess I just always wanted the next response and the next response and the next response. So was it in the 90s when you went to L.A. to record an album with Dr. Dre? Nah, it was um 2000. Around 2000. 2001, 2002. And now the folks have not heard it because it never came out. Why did your album with Dr. Dre never get finished and not come out? Well, me and Dre, um, we had two different, um, I guess, two different uh, ideas of how the album was supposed to sound. Um, You know, Dre, at the time, his formula, I guess, was, uh, you know, the gangster rap. And I guess, I don't know, man, listening to, you know, certain songs that I did or listening to stories I guess he wanted me to do that a gangster rap album, I guess. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's his formula, you know what I mean? But um, you know, I, I, I thought at that point I should be doing something different. You know, I was, you know, maturing at the time, you know, growing up a little bit in 2003, you know what I mean? Trying to elevate with your music as well. And, you know, I'm looking at it like, yeah, I'm getting with Dre. I wanted to make a mega project that wasn't, you know, you know, of course, it's hip hop, but you know, I wanted everybody to be able to, to listen to it. You know, getting this opportunity, you know, I wanted to make the best of it. But you know, like I said, Dre, you know, we would sit in the studio, and Dre, you know, he'd put on a beat, he'd sit next to me and be like, "Yo, I want you to talk that shit on this one." I'm like, Dre, that's what you say on every track you play, bro. Like. <laughs> When you gonna let me rhyme on something? Well, I gotta, you know, beef with everybody that, you know what I mean? But, you know, you know, that's like I said, that was his formula, man. And, you know, to him, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. But, you know, I was looking to try to um, you know, do a dope, dope album and and make sure that it, you know, it, um, you know, your daughter can listen to it. You know, my grandmother can listen to it. And there was no no bars or anything, man. But, you know, again, man, you know, we had a different view. We tried some things, did, some, did a couple dope joints. But um, once we realized, and, you know, you know, after him trying to push me to talk crap on every song and, and me, you know, being rebellious, I guess he realized, like, yo, this, you know, ain't going to work. But, um, you know, actually, I'm the one that, Told told Dre like yo, I appreciate the opportunity and everything, but I'm going back to New York, bro. You know what I mean? It, it you know it ain't it ain't gonna happen like this. And the first time I told him, he was like, yo, you know, give me a couple more weeks, give me a couple more um, weeks. I'm gonna try to work on something. And you know, I stayed out there another month. And then after that, it was like, yo, man, listen, man, you know, again, man, I appreciate it. You know, I learned a lot, man. You know, thanks for the opportunity. But I got to get back to New York, man. And, you know, long, you know, I don't fly, so it was a long ride home, man. You know what I mean? You you sitting there, you 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 asking yourself, did I did I just do the right thing? Just told Trey that I'm, you know what I mean? But um had no idea what I was gonna do. You know what I mean? Came all the way home. A lot to think about, 
but as soon as I got home and sat in my studio, you know, I had a little, little BS studio too. It was just sampler, <laughs> turntables, microphone, you know what I mean? But it was my studio. But I got home and, you know, sat down there and I looked around, you know, knowing that I had to do something. And- what does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamin a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And the first thing I realized is that I didn't have a studio. <sighs> so, I, so I grabbed my brother and we, we went down to Manny's Manhattan and I went in there and bought a whole studio, man. And um, got it back at the house, set it up, and, you know, and, and, and then the rest of my... My book started from that day, man, but I've been, you know, you know, just focused and trying to, you know, do my thing ever since that point. You man. know, it's it, one curious thing to me about you not flying as a rule. Your dad was an airplane uh, mechanic. Yes, sir. Who yes, could sir. fix anything, but he could, he fixed planes. Planes. Where so you know what the inside of a plane looks like, how Hold it's up. supposed to function, and how the guys who work on it are, yeah, I most think, of them, some of I think of that's what notch. did it to me, man. But, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I used to go to work with my pops, and, um, you know, the, you know, my pops was the man, you know, I'm glad to say he was the man at work. They used to come in, Mr. Griffin, um, I can't get to such and such off. You know, to me, I'm a little dude, it's sound, I can't get the defibrillator off. He's like, yo, grab this, get this right here. You get this, grab this, come on with me. So we go out now, you know, I'm keeping up, trying to follow him out there. We go out there to the joint. The plane is opened up, I guess the, the hood. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? So, you know, little kid, I'm coming up on it like, you know, I'm in awe. All you see is, you know, screws and buttons and like just shit that don't even look like it's supposed to be on something that's moving at that speed. Some, some, you know what I mean? But I'm looking up. My father's like, yo, give me this. You got to take this off before you can do that. And this and that. You got to grab this. Give me this. Screwdrivers is like this big. 
screw drop. They updating. At the time, not knowing, but I'm just, you know, I'm in awe. I'm looking like, but what was messing me up is that my pops knew how to fix that. You know, my pops started, he was a mechanic. On, you know, he started on cars, and he went up to trucks, 18-wheelers. I stayed working with my pops. You know, I was like, Dad, can I go to work with Buy some doors thing, but then you know, the the plane thing was just like. <sighs> but then as I got older, it started playing little tricks. You know, you sitting in the back of the plane and get a little turbulence. <laughs> Drink is, <laughs> and then you remember when they used to open up the hood, <laughs> and you used to look up and they used to be like, "I don't know how to get the whistle name off." <laughs> the defibrillator, bruh, it's right there, man. You got to take the. You start thinking about that, and you realize there's a lot of room for error. You know what I mean? A lot of room, a lot of room for error, man. And and I I think that kind of you know, yo, Rob, man, you can get there. It's gonna take a little more time, but you can get there. You ain't got to do it like this all the time. Hold on. You uh, you told me a lot of incredible old school stories, and one of the best of those was when you were on tour with LL, and y'all end up slap boxing. How did that happen, and who well, won? Now, L going to be mad at me. Next time I see him, we probably going to have to fight again. Word up. Well, like, me, me and L, I went, he took me out on, um, I think it was 1987. I think it was, it was a dope jam tour. And... um. We used to have a lot of fun. We used to um, play basketball in between shows and all that. They used to have courts set up in the arena. So if we wasn't playing basketball, we was doing something, you know, competitive. So um, it's a lot of, you know, maybe second second week of the tour, a lot of everybody, t- testosterone, and everybody kind of getting, you know, a little tired of everybody at this point. Two weeks in, you know, <laughs> The way people chew, you know what I mean? The way just everything was just like. <laughs> so, you know, we played some ball that day. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nice. I was kind of nice. <laughs> so um, we did our thing on the court. And for some reason, you know, we standing around. And the next thing is like, you know, people standing around. It's like everybody throwing jabs now. Yo, Ra, you and LL are slap box. So L sitting there like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm this big. So L's like, yeah, come on, come on. I'm like, come on, man. So my man was like, Ra, nobody say nothing. My man said, Ra, if you can snatch LL's hat off, I'm going to give you $1,000. <laughs> The, fo- the folks, the younger folks, man, I know. The <laughs> yeah. hat never, ever he never came took off. his hat off back in the day. Now we do never. NCIS and the hat is all yeah, back yeah, in the all day. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Never. never. The dome was always gone. Always. And, and, and how we will, you know, you see Al in the pool with the kango on flipped up. <laughs> it's like, all right, but you, you chilling, so you can't, you know what I mean? You in the pool, we chilling, got the kango on. But then... My man on the road, Sonny, he used to cut our hair. So L comes in for a haircut one day. L was going to kill me for this shit. L, come, L needed a haircut. 
So my man, Sonny, was like, yeah, no problem. I hope you up. Um, you want me to come to your room? You come to mine? Whatever. Boom. So L came, I think L came to our room. But he kept the Kangol on and flipped it up in the back and was like, nah, just give me a line back here. <laughs> so we knew the hat did not come off at that point. We knew it didn't come off. Like, even for a haircut, nah, just... Flip, L gonna kill me, word up. So he, he got the line and shit and like around the ear. So like a couple days after that, we playing ball. So it was like, wow, man, I'll give you a G, you snatched the hat off. You know, I, was, I did my ball thing and I was kind of nice with the hands too, you know what I mean? So me and L set up, we rocking. So L swinging hard as crap. It, Ducking under up like, yo, L, man, listen, man, and your hands is closed? Like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? He was like, he was like, nah, you know, that's just the way. So I'm like, all right. So we rocking. He's swinging him, ducking up under him, smacking him in the, in, in the ribs, hitting him in the, you know, he tall. So I'm trying to get the hat off, trying to figure out how I can get up top, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I know, I used to know half the deck of 52. They look boxing style back in the day. So the first thing I did is reach down and untie the sneakers. He got mad as hell. He's like, oh, you doing that? Like, nah, G, you know, just shot. So we set back up. He swing. I duck up on it, smack him in the back of his knee, buckle him a little bit. So I'm like, all right, if I can get him in the back of the knee, buckle him again, I'll get the hat off. (laughs) So L get mad now. He's coming at me all fast, throwing hard. So I'm getting mad now, so I reached up, popped him, bing, and grabbed the hat, but it just went like that on his head. So he was like, oh, you trying to take my hat off? You trying to... That was the army. You trying to... I was like, nah, man, I'm trying to, you know, it's 52. I was going to take the hat, baby, give it back to you. He was like, no, nah, you trying to take my hat off, bro. So, you know, it, it, it was serious, man. But, yo, we used to have a ball, man, and uh, whoop, world up. It was, you know, L... You know, again, I learned a lot from him, too, man. I was a young cat. He took me out on, like, the biggest tour that was going on in the United States at that time. So, you know, it was it was a dope experience, man. So, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to a lot of Combat Jack, just, you know, giving it up to him. Um, well and he ends a lot of the episodes asking people, what's your top five? And your name comes up in most of them. At least the smart people name Rakim in their top five. But what is your top five if you're not able to name yourself? Uh, that's a hard question, bro. Because, uh, uh, you know, I got I to gotta take it back. And there's three cats I got to name just because it's like, I was able to watch these brothers and learn like how to rap and what it was supposed to sound like and you know what I mean? But that's that's Melly Mel, Grandmaster Cass, and Kumo D, man. Um, you know what I mean? You know, com- coming up as a kid, um, listening to them, man, and, and you know, even then, man, like my imagination, I remember I used to sit there and listen to the tapes or whatever. Like we used to get tapes out Long Island of them actually doing live shows. So um, sitting there, you know, eyes closed, I can, I'm, I'm there. 
But what, what, what used to blow me away is like, I used to say, where the hell are they getting this shit from, man? Excuse my language on that. Where are they getting it from? Um, when you look at a lot of rap now, you know, it's easy for a young artist to look at the work that's been done already and kind of understand it or, or, you know what I mean? But they didn't have none of that. They didn't have nobody to to, to bite off, <laughs> you know what I mean? And to, to, to be that creative man and, and to, you know, shape this thing into what it is now, at that time, man, like, I, to this day, I still hold my hat off to them cats because it's like... They, you know, they they the real measuring sticks, and I always measure myself with cats like that. Um, so this has been incredible. Can you, before we go, can you bless us with one more verse? Oh, yeah, I want to hear man. one more verse. I can do that. I can do that. Come on, do something that that um, uh, one of them songs that um. Uh, you know when you, you when 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 you in between like it's almost like picking picking uh, directions to somebody's house, and you know it's a few ways to get there. But you once you pick that way you going, there's no turning back. And this was one of them songs like you start off somewhere and you realize that you put yourself in a trap, and if you don't take the next bars to the next level, it don't make no sense writing the next verse. But um, this is one of them songs, man. Follow me into a solo. Get in the flow. And you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engrave deep as x-rays. I could take a phrase that's rarely heard. Flip it. Now it's a daily word. I can get iller than numb, a killer and bomb, but no alarm. Rock him or remain calm. Self-esteem make me super superb and supreme before a microphone still I fame. This was a tape. I wasn't supposed to break. I was supposed to wait, but let's motivate. I want to see you keep following and swallowing, taking, remaking, biting, and borrowing. Brothers tried, others died to get the formula. But I'ma let you sweat, you still ain't warm. You a step away from frozen, stiff as if you're posing. Dig into my brain as the rhyme gets chosen. So follow me or what you're thinking you were first. Let's travel at magnificent speeds around the universe. What could you say as the earth gets further and further away? Planets are small, so balls of clay are straying to the Milky Way. Worlds out of sight, far as the eye could see, not even a satellite. Now stop and turn around and look as you stand in the darkness your knowledge is took. So keep staring soon, you suddenly see a star. You better follow it, cause it's the all. This is a lesson if you're guessing and if you're borrowing. Hurry, hurry, step right up. Keep following the leader. Give it up for Rakim Allah. Thank you, thank you very much. Hold up. Thank you for sharing this incredible night with us. Thank you, World Up. Appreciate it. Appreciate it big time.
That was amazing. Thank you, Rakim. Thank you, WeWork. Thank you, Flavor Pill. And thank you to everyone who came. It would not have been the same without you guys. If you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please stop by and say hi. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review and tell a friend. Help me spread the word about the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and Matt Ford with help from Shelby Royston in association with Cadence 13 Studios. We're beaming to you from the amazing borough of Brooklyn, the baddest place in the world. And I hope I helped you rise a little bit more today. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from successful folks because the man ain't shut us down yet. Join us next Wednesday when our guest will be the hilarious Amanda Seals. That's next Wednesday on Torre Show. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.